Welcome, welcome to the IBS podcast. Today we have a very special treat. We have, we'll have to tell me how to say his name because this is the first time I ever said it, but I'm assuming you say it like this, Dominic Zynga. We'll see how you actually pronounce it because I've only seen him on Facebook. I've never actually talked to him in real life. We are going to cover tomorrow's or yesterday's national championship game between Clemson and Alabama, and we're also going to go over wild card weekend. I'm just waiting for him to call in now. Right now, I'm going to put it on Facebook and put it in our sports group. If you have not followed us yet, we are on Facebook.com backslash Econobomb. We're also on Twitter, which you need to get our Twitter following up a little bit, Twitter.com backslash Econobomb. I was really surprised. So I'll get into my thoughts first. I was really surprised how the national championship game went. I knew Clemson could compete, but I had no idea that they would just mollywop, as some people say, or put a snobber, snobber, what is it, snobber locker or whatever Jim Ross used to say, on the Alabama team. This is some people were saying this is the best Alabama team ever, and that. It's the best Alabama team they've ever seen. And that was that debate. There was a debate over if they would beat the Buffalo Bills. And it all just looks silly now because I felt like Clemson had the superior talent. Not just that they outcoached them, but they looked superior in every single way. They outcoached them. They were more physical. They had better athletes. Every single thing about that game was dominated by Clemson, and I was shocked. Like, I think a lot of people were shocked. I wasn't shocked that they won, but I was shocked. I was very shocked. Oh, Dominic doesn't have any cell service. But I was very shocked that they beat them in the way that they did. Uh, I don't think this means that it's the end of Alabama's stranglehold on the NCAA I don't think it means that Clemson will suddenly win 3-0, and win three in a row. I think it means that Clemson has passed Alabama by a little bit, even though that game showed that they're losing a lot of talent for next year, and Alabama is a relatively young team. So we could see the same exact matchup next year, and maybe Alabama does win. But the only teams right now that I see that have the same level of talent, athleticism, and what you need to win – are Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Those are the guys I feel like that are churning out the kind of players that you need in order to win a national championship. And everybody else is playing catch-up. I want to say Georgia's kind of on the outskirts of that, but by the way, they compete with Alabama. Maybe that's some familiarity with uh, Kirby Smart coming from the staff, being the defense coordinator from Alabama for Alabama, but eh, I still think they have the high-caliber athlete, but maybe they're on the outskirts of that. Ohio State is loaded, good recruiting class. They just got Justin Fields. I think they will be fine, and you see what they've been churning out over the last five years. I think it's almost unprecedented since the days of the Miami Hurricanes that they have produced this caliber and this quality of NFL guys. Uh, if you look at Alabama, Alabama's Alabama. You look at Clemson with having sunshine for the next, what, three, two more years? That's really going to be hard to beat. 
I mean, I, I don't know. Also, you're going to have Tua for what? Another year. Uh, so he was a sophomore this year, at least another year of Tua. So you're looking at that as a uh, possibility of coming right back to the same situation. I think the last couple of games, everything caught up to Tua, and he was very rattled in a national championship game. I thought that the blitzes got home. I don't think he was as comfortable in the pocket as he normally is. I think there was more pressure than he normally is. You see that he was fooled on two interceptions. They were ready to go. The way they coached, the way the players played, there was absolutely no fear of Alabama. I think most teams go into these games with a slight doubt that they could beat Alabama. That wasn't like that. From the very beginning of the game, there looked like there was no doubt in any player on Clem- in Clemson's mind that they were going to lose Alabama or they couldn't beat Alabama. All right, now we have Zynga on the line. Can you hear me, Dominic? Yo, what up? Yeah, it's I'm assuming your name is Dominic Zynga, am I right? That is correct. I've never actually said it out loud. I've only read it, so I was just making sure. It's a rather salty name. Yep. So I, was, <laughs> I figured that was it. All right, so National yep. Championship game was yesterday or last night. Yes, sir. What were your or what's your biggest takeaway from the game? I mean, more so just how like Dabo game plan for Alabama. Um, Alabama, they went into the game. I think they were averaging like forty some points a game. They finished the game sixteen points only. I mean, that's like a big tip to the to Dabo and their game planning for that. And also just how Clemson is dominated right off the ba- right off the bat. AJ picking off to a pick six first, pretty much first play of the game, and that just kind of. They didn't even recover from that right afterwards. Yeah, I thought that too. Uh, I was saying that before you came on, just total domination of the way Clemson just wasn't afraid. But do you think, and I know this is easy to say right now, but overall, because Bama won last year, do you think Clemson is now in the driver's seat and the team that everybody's going to try to beat? Or do you think overall Bama still basically the team? I, mean, I still think Clemson right now. No one else really thinks it, but I think Clemson's in the driver's seat right now. I mean, I even have them as favor to repeat next year. Um, their quarterback, I think, is the first freshman I think since 1985 to actually start and finish a national championship game and win it. Um, I think I, last one was Oklahoma, where in 1985. But most of the books even have Clemson as plus 600 repeat. They still have, they both have um, Alabama and Georgia both ahead of Clemson right now, which I don't even see why that is. They have the top quarterback in the nation right now returning next year. so And he lit up Alabama the entire night. And I think I'm not 100% sure, but I think, I think um, Etienne, um, I think he's coming back next year also. Yeah, it looks like Clemson. To me, it looked like, I don't know if you saw it or felt that way. It looked, and it's the first time I've seen that in a long time. It looked like Clemson had superior athletes. Yeah, I mean, all I mean throughout the entire game, they're – they were just everywhere. It's not that they had a perfect game plan. They didn't make any mistakes throughout the entire game. You don't let Bama put up only 16 points and you put up 44 if you play if you don't play mistake-free football. So that's just from the coaching down to the players to everyone. They just dominated on every single aspect of it. And it seemed like Alabama at one point got kind of I don't want to say nervous, but you can't you weren't moving the ball with your offense most of the game, and you're running a fake field goal. So that's just a sign of, I mean, I don't like saying Nick Saban 
shows a sign of desperation or anything like that, but it definitely that, I didn't really agree with that play call at all. Yeah, I don't either. Like, and they had the you're, kicker yeah, blocking. He was the lead blocker. <laughs> exactly. You, if your offense isn't moving the ball on Clemson, your kicking team definitely is not going to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. All right, let's move to wild card weekend. Might be a little sore spot, but I'm going to get it out of the way ahead of time or get it out of the way first. Uh, Ravens versus Chargers. First question is, what happened to Lamar? Uh, Well, I mean, one thing I noticed after the game, I didn't even notice it before the game, pretty much every game that Lamar has been in for us, we've had at least three tight end sets for majority of the snaps. About, I would say, I think it was like 90 or 95% of the snaps. We only had two tight ends the entire game, even though the Chargers had seven DBs in. I think it was like 57 out of 58 defensive snaps. So the fact yeah, that we weren't just forcing used, it. Yeah, it was the most anybody had used that many D-backs, uh, seven D-backs in yeah. the game this year. They used 50 all season, and they used 57 in one game against us. And the fact that we just weren't like being like more physical with them, having three tight end sets, just running it right up, right up their mouths, I mean, the game plan, I mean, we were just faltering every single which way possible. The only bright side to it was the defense. Lamar couldn't hold on to the ball. I think he had three lost, or three fumbles. One of them lost, two of them he got back. But still, that goes on the offensive line, passing. He definitely showed he wasn't a passer that game until the fourth quarter, though. Yeah, he kind of got high, but I feel like they kind of laid back a little bit. He had negative one yard yeah. at halftime. Um what do you think of I this? Think it, was and, uh, it was like negative eight. Yeah, it was bad. What do you think of this, especially on Twitter? You're big on Twitter. You're on Twitter a lot. I feel like, and I like Lamar, but I feel like that, and it might be because of race, and I don't care if you say what you think, because um, I'm black, so I give you cover. Um, it feels like people, because Lamar might have been stereotyped, that people are extra protective, especially on Twitter, of Lamar when he doesn't play well. Do you agree with that, or is that my imagination? Do you say extra protective of him? Yeah, extra protective or more willing to give him a pass. Uh, I mean, from, a what, lot of guys, from I what I saw on Twitter. I mean, from what I saw on my end of it, it, like everyone is being extremely critical to him, like every which way possible. I didn't see too many people being like supportive of him. Um, a lot of people mm-hmm. were saying how like he's just a rookie, but a lot of the other people like majority of the people that I saw on it, they were just lashing out, like booing them, saying how they should bring in Joe Flacco. But if you look at pretty much any rookie stats in the playoffs, they're not ideal whatsoever. Great. Flacco, his rookie year, I think he had like one of the games for like 34 yards and an interception. The other one, he went like 9 for 27. Yeah, 4 for 10. That was like the third week. And then the the following season, the second year, he had like 86 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. So – what people, I mean, the average sports fan, they're just going to lash out because they want to win now. They don't understand that there's going to be a development curve and people are going to, he's going to learn as he goes. But what I did like out of him was in the fourth quarter when the entire stadium was booing at him, that he actually rose up from that, didn't let it affect him, and he actually improved throughout the game. And that's what I noticed from it. Yeah, you probably don't follow enough black people on Twitter because they were cut, they were <laughs> protecting him so hard. And I guess a lot uh, of Mike Freeman, too. Mike uh, Freeman's one of them. Yeah, he was on it. I don't know if he followed Bucky Brooks. Bucky Brooks is going at yeah, people. Yeah, Bucky Nervous breakdown. Yeah. And it was pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, it's liberal Twitter you know, and my, black uh, Twitter. Then you know uh, my personal favorite, Mister Mister Clay Travis. 
he wasn't having any Lamar <laughs> that entire game. He wasn't protecting him. He definitely wasn't protecting Not him. Not one bit. Uh, yeah, Clay was fine today. Clay and I had like yeah, a nice little discussion the other day. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so overall, you're a Ravens fan, in case the people didn't catch that. What did you think of your season overall? Better than expectations about what you expected or what? I mean, 100% better than expectations. I had no idea we were going to even come close to winning the AFC North, even making the playoffs. When the season started, our over-under was set at 8.5. I mean, I take our over-under every single year, but I had no idea we were going to get to, like, 10-6, and six, make it to the playoffs, and dominate the North kind of how we did. The only thing we – I mean, we would have won a lot better, but we lost to the Browns, which that was never any fun. But um, we definitely performed better than, we, than I thought we were going to, and it – makes the future look a lot more promising. We have undrafted free agent or undrafted um yeah, free agent Gus Edwards. We have Lamar Jackson, our offensive line is only one player short from being solid. We just need a left guard. And um I don't know, I think the future's bright for them right now. As long as it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with John Harbaugh if we extend him and try to trade him or what's going on with that. But your guess is as good as mine there. Do you um is, is this the Ozzy's last year? Yeah, yeah, it is. He announced retirement. Eric DaCosta is going to be the GM now. So that was his last draft, and he got. Yeah, he got Lamar. I feel like he's been uh, he's been retired for like three years, but I guess maybe not. It just seems like a long time. Uh, Let's go to the next game. Oh, what's going to happen with Flacco? This guy's going to trade him, or just straight up release him, or what? What I think we're going to do is. I think we're going to actually handle it with a lot more class than just like trading him and cutting him or anything like that. We're going to try to, we're probably going to ask him what team he wants to go for. Like give him a list of like five teams, try to sort out a trade with one of them. If they don't get anything, we'll probably release him instead of trade him. We'll probably treat him really well when it comes to that kind of stuff because he did do a lot for our, for the city. That's why I think it's going to go. Uh, we just get a quick, just get a quick thought on the Pats, not the Packers. On the Pats and the Chargers, what's your just quick thought on that game next week? Right now, I honestly think the Chargers are the best team in the AFC. So I I think they're going to – I have them being the Patriots, and then if the Colts somehow manage to beat the Chiefs, then I think it's the Chargers Super Bowl. I really am on the Chargers this year. They have a great I, I defense. They have, I think they have defense. <laughs> You're going to agree with me, aren't you? No, no, I'm not. They do have a great defense, but uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, did, um, I think Derwin James, he's one of the top uh, defensive rookie of the year candidates. So, Definitely. I mean, I don't see any soft spots. And the way that they game plan just within a one-week period for the Ravens in the playoffs, that was that was just remarkable. So, I do know if they run the same 70 yeah. sets. They're just, yeah. What was that? I would say that they got to see Lamar one time, so that's why the game plan was so good. I I just think it's really hard, and maybe this is the dying gasp of the Patriots dynasty. But I feel like with the bye week and two weeks to prepare, and you're going into Foxborough, I feel like Brady and Belichick still find a way. But let's uh, let's move to the next game because we're not going to have time to get through it. Cowboys in Seattle. What was your main takeaway from that game? Um, I mean, the Cowboys are real, and I don't like saying that. <laughs> um, I mean. They just completely – I don't want to say they shut down Russell Wilson. I feel like the Seahawks had a lot to do with that. They just started running and they ran the so ball much now. Much. They're just getting, exactly. 
they just forget that Russell Wilson, he's a dual-threat quarterback. They don't release him. They don't let him scramble and make plays. Most of Russell's plays are him just innovating it as the play progresses. If he doesn't see his one-two read, he's going to either take off if he doesn't have a spy on him, or he's going he's gonna to find a check down or release somewhere. And they weren't doing that at all the entire game. I did think that when Hearns got hurt, that that was just going to be kind of the dagger for the Cowboys, but it was they just came back and just dominated the entire game until the bad beat cover at the very end, which just kind of sucked. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, as a Cowboy fan, I was comforted by the game. That's the kind of game they don't pull out. I thought they were going to lose. I like our defense. Mari Cooper pulled it out. Dak is still too inconsistent, so that bothers me a lot. Go ahead. And you guys play the Rams next game, right? It's Rams for Cowboys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean. What do you think? Let's let's, I, let's do that game. Uh, what's your first I honestly, thought about you know, what's going to happen? I'm honestly taking the Cowboys on that game, too, only because I feel like the Rams, I'm probably in the minority saying this, but I feel like the Rams have kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, they're not as potent of an offense as they, as they were in the earlier part of the season. And the Cowboys run defense is probably at least top three, if not one of, if not the best run defense in the league right now. So if they limit Gurley, I don't think Goff can beat the Cowboys. Because right now it's Goff and Gurley. But I don't think Goff can do it by himself. We'll have to see how Gurley is right now. Because it seems like he's been hurt for a while. He hasn't been 100%. Yeah. So if we're getting half a Gurley, I think we got a good shot. It seems like in the playoffs yeah. when there's a good defense against a really good offense, the good defense wins because you can hit them and you can slow things down and throw off that rhythm. But I just have a hard time believing in my team. So <laughs> I would take the Rams because they have more talent, but I don't know. That's how I was last week. I, I took Chargers. Worked out well for me, but this week I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, I have a, uh, maybe you're going to jinx that. Let's go to the Colts uh, and the Texans. This is a blowout, 21-7 despite the fact that Jim Ursay said he wanted them to put up uh, <laughs> 31 in, like, a drunken He was on something. Yeah, he yep. was, definitely he was on something that game. <laughs> so, well, uh, it was a blowout. What? Well, yeah, give me your takeaway. Give me your biggest takeaway from that. I mean, they obviously right off the gun, they couldn't stop T.Y. I think after the first quarter, I think T.Y. had, like, what, like 86 or 98 yards or something like that? Yeah, he something ridiculous. Him. Yeah. So, I mean, right off the right off the start, they were kind of just demoralized immediately. And then I'm um, talking about that game with um with Booger. He was talking about how the Colts, like how Marlon Mack's not going off or anything like that. Very next play, he has like a 43-yard run. So, I know, I don't, I think it's you that said that you don't believe in like broadcast booth or jinx or anything like that, but Booger had one bad that game. I do believe it is, uh, with kickers and with free throws. That's the only two things I believe in. It seems like a free throw. You say a guy shoots 80 to 90%, he's going to miss. And if you say something about a kicker missing, they're going to miss or how accurate they are. Those seem to be true. Yeah. And then um, I forget what it was. Oh, yeah, when um, Booger had another thing talking about J.J. Watt. Oh, that's another thing. With the Colts line, to stop it, I don't think they had a single sack the, the entire game. I don't think they had a single sack Booger. the entire game. And Jadavian Clowney. Why are you talking about the J.J. Watt one? Well, the J.J. Um, what you said about J.J. Watt. Yeah, about the um, pass deflections. Yeah, that was so bad. So bad. <laughs> and then he was telling them how 
J.J. Watt's not going to be in the Hall of Fame because of how because of his past deflections. Yet since 2011, he leads the entire NFL for defensive line with past deflections, and that's stacking I mean, over right past deflections are pretty past deflections are pretty damn helpful because you 99 percent of the time, well probably 90 percent of the time, the other 10 basically or or 9 percent of the time, you either 90 percent of the time is going to hit the ground, 9 percent of the time your guy's going to intercept it, maybe 1 percent of the time they yeah. get. So, I mean, I don't understand how he doesn't get paid to do that. Booger's awful. They just need to get rid of him. I know a lot of people don't like uh, Witten, but to me, Booger is a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they took him off the Booger mobile, so then maybe that was it. But, yeah, the Colts <laughs> offensive, offensive line, they didn't even um, allow a single sack the entire game to J.J. Clowney or J.J. Watt. I think they had, like, two, maybe two pressures the entire game on the Colt, on Andrew Luck. So, having a clean pocket, that's – you're not gonna you're not gonna beat a team if he has all day to throw. What? Uh, where do you rank Andrew Luck right now? I hate that question because I think Andrew Luck. I mean, <laughs> I don't see anyone else that would get it as comeback player of the year. But I mean, they started off one and five. They win what? I think ten of the last eleven. So they finished. Yeah. Yeah, I think like they that. won ten of the last eleven. Oh my god. I could be very vague and just say top ten and not go any <laughs> higher than that because I'm going off one year right now of just astronomical play for him. But I, I would I would put him in top eight easily and maybe even higher than that. But I need to see how he does after this year also. Right now you have Nick Foles at number one, right? <laughs> yeah, in the playoffs, evidently, yeah. Oh, I, I, that was the guy I feared the most. So that's a good lead-in to – well, let's do the Colts and the uh, – let's do Colts and the Chiefs. Mean Where, Bears, who do you think wins that game? Oh, Colts-Chiefs. I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to win it. I took the Colts just because that money line is just – I just had to do it. But I think the Chiefs win, even though, barring an Andy Reid, typical playoffs meltdown, I just think I just think their offense is way too powerful to, to slow down. I think the Colts are obviously going to be able to put up points against the Chiefs' defense, but the Chiefs' offense—you just—you have to—you're basically trying to see who has the ball last in that game. I think it's going to be another very yeah. high-score game, and I just think Mahomes. This is—I don't think they're going to punt the ball one time the entire game. Yeah, I'm scared of the Andy Reid thing, and they, you talk about a team slowing down a little bit. The Rams, you said that, but yeah. I think that, well, in general, the defenses have caught up to the offenses now. It seems like in December, January, it's just more physical, and the defenses yeah. have just caught Playoff up to the offenses in general, or low-scoring games. Yeah. Go ahead. But the other thing, talking about the talking about the bye weeks, some teams even say, like, a bye week sometimes isn't always the best thing. Like, taking the week off, sometimes they feel like the, the teams that have been playing are going to be more prepared for the following game. Other teams' game plan, they overthink it. I think it was a couple of years ago. I forget what it was. I think it was like CBS or something like that. It had a whole thing on how whether it's more beneficial to have a bye week or to actually play in the wild card round. Some a lot yeah, of teams and, just say take yeah, off. Some, week. It's rust yeah. versus rust versus rust. Exactly. Like That's it. And, yeah. You know, basketball too is a big deal. In basketball too, when you you sweep a series and then you're waiting for somebody else. So it seems like teams like the yeah. Patriots it helps. But then, I don't know, teams that – it doesn't help Andy Reid. Even though Andy Reid's uh, record off a of bye during the regular season is, like, incredible, but I'd have to look. But I don't think his playoff record off a of bye is very incredible. Probably not. 
Yeah. And then we got the last game of the weekend that took place, the craziest game, the most entertaining game. Have you that ever was seen the highest. Like that? that field goal, the field goal at the end? No. Have you ever seen anything no, like that? No. Two, two posts? No. I've never that seen that wild. one. Like, and I was, then, I was and watch- there's so much to it. Go ahead. I was watching that game because I had, like, my work had a company event. So I was watching that game on my phone, like, during a speech at work. And when it hit off the uprights, you just hear multiple people throughout the throughout the crowd just let out a loud groan. And I thought that was the funniest thing because so many people were just watching that game and saw it at, at that time. I don't understand how people are saying that the um, – I don't understand how people are saying – I can't see how the tip affected it, like him barely getting the ball. Because if he tipped it, why oh, would he keep God. going to the left? Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that why I that matters. For Cody Parkey's sake, I'm saying it was tipped just because that's that feeling is just horrible. But I I don't see how physically that just makes sense. They need to do a sports science on that with John Brinkus. Yeah, I, I would like to see that. Even. I don't understand that. Uh, what's the deal with Foles? I mean, why do you think this keeps happening? <laughs> the Eagles just need to keep – they just – I know you say to trade him. I think I think it was you that said that they need to trade him or trade Wentz or someone. But I think what they need, start Wentz throughout the regular season, bench him in the playoffs and bring in Foles. <laughs> Just start a whole new system of quarterbacking. Well, Wentz can't seem to stay healthy through a whole season anyway, so it seems like it just happens that's anyway. Helps. I think I would, keep, I would keep with Foles, man. If Foles can get uh, so out every, every December, I'm good with it. Like, I, I just don't. If you can't stay on the field – and the other guy keeps going to the Super Bowl, I'm going with him despite, you know, the projections and all exactly. that. Exactly. Because at that point, it's not necessary. I mean, both of them have proven that they can win games. Nick Foles has proven he could stay healthy. Yeah. So it's a matter of, are we well, switching up your offense every single Wentz year? Yep. We've never seen Wentz in the playoffs, so we don't know how he'd do. But that's part of the problem. We don't know how he'd do, and I doubt he would do yeah. – uh, as much as Foles, because it's pretty incredible what Foles can do. Like, even last game, it wasn't the greatest game. He threw two picks. Uh, I think he threw for in the well, mid-200 for yards, but he came through. Yeah, yeah. yeah he also he played against through, the best defense. Yeah, yeah, against the best defense, and he came through when they needed it most. And then we have yeah. a big game, Philly versus New Orleans. I hope that Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, <laughs> Breeze, and company seem unstoppable. But what do you think of that game? I mean, I'd have to take the Saints on that one also. They're just they're just such a complete team. Uh, from defense to offense, they have two star running backs. I don't think the Eagles really have much of a run game anymore. They've went through, I think, like eight running backs all season. That's obviously an exaggeration, like but they've like, probably been, like fifth, fifth running back. back. I like Foles, but no. Yeah. I, I yeah, just think just going back to the first game. Go ahead. Just going back to the Bears game real quick, I just think it's fitting that Golden Tate is the one that kind of ended the Bears season when he did that for the Lions so many times. Like he's, yeah, he, he just too. owned the Bears I, when he played for the Lions. All I hate all I hate about that is he hasn't done anything all year. Now Philly's like, yeah, he was worth that yeah. third-round pick. Man, if he's worth that third-round pick off one catch that anybody could have ran. He didn't make a spectacular play. They ran a damn angle in a bootleg. They caught it because it's yeah. open. I think they were, yeah, they were empty set. They run a bootleg to the right. Yeah. 
And he was open. Every, all the, like, I don't I, think, yeah. I don't think they were special. But anyway, they can have what they have. They can have their moment because they did it. But God knows I don't want to see it again. And it would be really crazy if the Cowboys and the Eagles played again. I, I mean, that would be – I don't know what would happen. That would be great. If that took place. <laughs> Not if we lost. That would, <laughs> I got a bad that feeling. That would be great. That, game. that would be a bad feeling. But uh, you got any parting thoughts? So that, We did pretty well. Less than 30 minutes, I think. Uh, any parting thoughts? Yeah. Um, I don't what really do have think? any. Anything? I, That's good. No, That's not good. really. Uh, so this is good. We're gonna uh try to do at least try to do it once a week or every other week. We're gonna bring you our thoughts. Uh, at least we'll figure something out. Uh, Dominic's saying is football. Maybe we can talk about some gambling. Do you watch college ball a lot? College basketball? Yeah. Uh, college basketball. Yeah, it seems like at least That's kind of my thing. Yeah. I mean, I do that Not bracket every year. Yeah. Yeah, it should be fun. We'll we'll still find some stuff, even if we have to preview some teams or whatever we need to do. And we still got some week of football left. So, thank you for doing the podcast, everybody. Yeah. That was Dominic Zinga, rising star and IBS, one of our admins. If you like this podcast, I need you to share it. I need you to go to iTunes and uh, leave a comment and give us a five-star rating, and I want to help us keep growing. For Ronnie Carlton, better known as R.C. Carlton and Dominic Zinga, have a good one.